Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm on today with my daughter as a co-host, and she'll introduce herself. Hi, I'm Rebecca Horsley-Bera, and I am sitting in today for my sister, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Rebecca, welcome to the show today. I'm excited to have you on as a co-host, and I know you're a pet lover, and we have a very ancient granddaughter. And we are going to be talking today about grieving a deceased pet, because I know many people, um, you know, are feeling sad about losing one of their loved one family members as a four-legged animal, or maybe a snake or a gerbil, all those kind of things in my life. So you want to introduce our guest today? Yes, I'd be happy to. I'd like to introduce you today to our guest, Kevin Ringstaff. Kevin has been a student of grief for many years. He creates products and activities on grief and invents ways to help teach grief to everyone. Kevin's been through several grief specialist certification programs over the years, and he's currently studying to be a board certified hospital chaplain. He spends his days talking about grief, creating activities and products around grief, and listening to stories from people all over the country. He founded his first company, Pet Cloud to help those who are going through the loss of a pet, and his second company, Grieving at Work, to teach management how to better support grieving employees in the workplace. Welcome to our show, Kevin. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I remember my first experience was with my dog who got hit by a car and yeah I was probably I think 12. Some people kind of diminish the idea that pet loss is a big deal don't they? Well some people don't understand how much pets mean to us. If you've never owned a pet or owned in quotation marks like if you've never really had that relationship with a pet then you really don't understand just how comforting and how close and how intimate that bond can be. How did you get in the field of grief in yourself? Well, I, I got into it, you know, through losses of my own, like most of us do. And well, my, my first loss was a cat, Henry Fats Roth's child. And, you know, he, he uh, ran away. I saw both of you smile when I said his name there. <laughs> you know, when I lost him, you know, I didn't really know how to deal with grief. Didn't know how to manage it. And so I did what I was, you know, taught how to grieve. And, you know, that was just, you know, pushing it down you know, packing my life with other things and just pretending it wasn't there and trying to move on. And that only works for so long. You know, grief comes out in other ways. And, you know, eventually I found out about the Association of Pet Loss and Bereavement and I went from there. Wow. I didn't know there was an association. I'm glad you're bringing that out to our audience. There is an association for pet loss. Yeah, it's the APLB.org. They've been around since the late 90s with uh, Dr. Wallace Seif was the founder. Oh, interesting. So um, what, what makes pet loss different than other losses? Well, like you alluded to earlier, it's, it's a disenfranchised loss. Mm-hmm. Right? Like when we, I have a lot of members who, when they lose a pet, they don't have, they don't feel comfortable talking about it. 
they don't even feel comfortable going to regular grief groups, you know, because people have had, you know, human losses and they feel uncomfortable talking about the loss that they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the minimization, I, I think that's true. Yeah. You know, really, honestly, when you get into the field of grief and loss, uh, you understand, and as a therapist, you understand that people can only know deeply in their mind and in their brain, their own loss, the one that has knocked them down to the ground, mm. the one that's made it hard for them to get up, the one that they found depressing. Yeah. You, can, you can empathize with other people and sympathize with them, but you really have to have the experience happen to you to know the hurt that, that comes with that. It really doesn't do us a lot of good to compare losses and, and rank them. If I've had a loss recently of a pet, what are some of your recommendations that I do? The first thing I always say is to talk about it. If you have a family or friend, you know, who can hold that kind of loss, right? Who's not going to say anything, you know, you know, bad about, you know, losing a pet, you know, you know, confide in them, mm -hmm. bring it to them, you know, talking about it, getting that grief out of us is one of the best things we can do. Mm -hmm. I call them safe people. You have to find safe people that you can talk to about it. We're not really trained how to deal with grief in this country. Mm -hmm. you know, we're taught how to acquire things, not what to do when we lose them. What are, what are some of your common reactions that you see with hospice and with pet loss? Well, I do a lot with uh, pet hospice you know, uh, pet chaplaincy and, you know, palli palliative care for our animals. You know, there are a lot of people who don't like euthanasia. And so, you know, we do the same thing as humans. And, you know, it's just, you know, non-curative um, non treatment, you know, just pain management, life management, that kind of thing. About, let's see, 16, 15 and a half years ago, we lost our dog. She was hit by a car. She was two. And I did not realize the impact that would have on myself and my family, my four children. Um, because we'd had, I'd lost my brother when I was 19 and I thought nothing can compare to such a loss and not comparing losses by any means, but I was really surprised at the impact of that loss on all of us of losing that dog and how to, yeah. you know, handle it. And now we have a dog that's 15 years old and she's, she appears to be in great health. But, you know, we're all sort of that anticipating like what's going to happen when we lose our little dog, Maisie who's uh, just the, the light of everyone's life. You know, the thing about dogs is that they're always happy to see you. They're never in a bad mood. <laughs> you know, they're, they're always loving and caring. And so she's been a real um, important part of our family. And so, and I'm also, you know, I know so many people have bought dogs or other pets during the pandemic. The pandemic has made us more close with our pets. Mm -hmm. You know, we were... You know, I was with my dog and my cat. I don't, it's surprising you haven't seen him yet. He's usually right <laughs> oh. up here. But I've been with them 24 seven since this pandemic happened. Oh. And that's the case with so many other people too. And, you know, we have that closer bond because of it. You know, they're with us all day, every day. When we mm -hmm. wake up, when we go to sleep. You know, I haven't gone to the bathroom by myself in years. <laughs> <laughs> right? And we have, it's a, it's a different kind of relationship. Yeah. Right? Even than we, we have with our uh, humans. Mm -hmm. Like, we, you know, when's the last time your parents sat in your lap? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
I love you it. Know, they, they, they share beds with us and, you know, it's just yeah. a much closer, much more intimate relationship. Maybe if you volunteer at a shelter or something, that also gives you an opportunity to, to talk about it, doesn't it? Yeah, it mm -hmm. does. Yeah, you know, I run a lot of uh, groups for this too. Okay. Like online support groups. So if, if you know, like the, the pandemic also brought in, you know, a lot of elderly people who have no one else but right. their pet and now their pet's dead and they have literally no one. Right. And so right. even if you have no one at all, that's what these groups are for is to come in and talk and to be around others who have lost. When do I get a dog? I mean, should I run out and get another one right now? Can I replace it quickly? I mean, that's what people think. I mean, you can get one that looks like it, Gloria, and you won't even know that it's not the same dog. I mean, people don't exactly get it, do they? Yeah, we can't replace the loss. Like there's no replacing what we've lost. Mm -hmm. No matter how similar they are, they clone dogs now and it's still not the same, right? Because we, we experience with that animal, you know, everything good and bad that we've experienced throughout the course of our life, they've experienced too. They were there for it too. And you can't replace that with anything else. Mm -hmm. How long do you suggest I wait until I get another animal? Do you have any thoughts on that? That's entirely up to you. You know, everyone's different there. And, you know, we're, we're not replacing it. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's up to you. Like when you feel like you can, you know, open your heart for another relationship, brand new. I like that because after our dog died, people said to me, wait a year. And my kids didn't want to wait a year. And we got another dog two months later and it certainly didn't replace the first dog. We were sad. But it was wonderful to have that dog energy back in the house again mm -hmm. and to have that, again, that animal that everyone could bond with and love and take care of. And it certainly, I think, helped, helped heal. Uh, but we always missed our other dog. That didn't change that. Yeah. yeah it's good to have that energy and joy again. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't mean we're never sad again. It doesn't mean we never think about our other pet. You know, it just means that we have, you know, more joy. So Kevin, talk to us about Pet Cloud. Uh, pet Cloud is the, uh, the virtual grief support community for pet loss. The pandemic really helped out in a lot of ways with that because, you know, it made it, so everything we do is virtual now. And I have people from all over the country and really the world who just come in and just find a place to talk and be around other people who have lost. I love that. And talk about your second one, grievingworks.com. You know, grief in this country costs businesses, you know, a quarter of a trillion, trillion dollars a year, you know, through like lost productivity, through time off work, through sick leave, vacation, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, we don't really know how to talk about it or manage it. And this just teaches management how to like the, the course is grief 101. It's a it's a, vi a video course. And it just teaches a little bit about grief, a little bit about how to show up for a subordinate who's going through a hard time, a little bit of what to say, and more importantly, what not to say. Or the, the company is petcloud.pet.pet. And you can go on there and register and everything's, you know, all, all right there. Okay. The other one's grievingatwork.com. I know you're doing so much good in the world for the folks that have lost their animals. Thank you, Kevin. So nice meeting you.
My absolute pleasure. Thank you both so much. Thank you. And Rebecca and I want to remind you today that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.